Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. So this is Busting Addiction Season 13, Episode 10. And we call this one, What's with the Serenity Prayer Anyway? There's probably no more popular prayer adopted by people of various religious persuasions than that of the Serenity Prayer. The modern version reads like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The prayer was attributed to the American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr in 1943, and it was written in various forms. One example that was written earlier in 1937, included in a Christian student publication attributing the prayer to Niebuhr, requested courage first, then serenity, then the insight to know the one from the other. It reads like this, Father, give us the courage to change what must be altered, serenity to accept what cannot be helped, and the insight to know the one from the other. Now, that feels quite different from the modern version, doesn't it? It starts with a request for courage and ends not with the idea of wisdom, but that of insight. There's nothing wrong with either version of the prayer, obviously. Although I do prefer the older 1937 version, not because it starts with an, not just because it starts with an essential power, that of courage, but also ends with a more specific idea, and that is of insight. One of the main reasons the prayer, the modern version, is so popular with recovering people repeated endlessly in their 12-step meetings is that when we were using and drinking, we resisted everything, accepted nothing, had as much wisdom as an old Chevy, and were never at peace. The problem is not with the prayer. It's with us, including me, who don't really stop to think how it applies to our lives directly today. The major failing, I think, is that we just say the prayer as an intonation of acceptance when things aren't going our way, and we we need to go with the flow, like it or not. To me, there's a huge gulf that is represented by the word difference. I like the word insight more than the word wisdom. The latter feels like it's just granted. Yes, the prayer starts with the word grant. But insight suggests we look inside ourselves and seek inspiration to make true discernment. We might have been accepting something that we could have changed or should have changed. A good example is what happened to me as I was struggling with chronic pain for a number of years. The 12-step group I joined focused on accepting chronic pain as a permanent condition about which a medical profession could only partially alleviate, but certainly not cure. I refused to accept chronic pain as something I couldn't do anything about. Conventional medicine and conventional thinking and belief just said live with it. Learn to live with it. 
And I refused to accept that idea, so I sought insight. Wisdom was beyond me, but insight was in my grasp if I did the research. So lo and behold, turns out that Dr. John Sarno of NYU pioneered the concept of mind-body medicine, wherein the brain is the chief of pain and not the body which just sends signals. This insight was arrived at in the 1980s. Since that time, the concept of neuroplasticity has taken hold and the research is just exploding. Books and papers are being published constantly. I think I read four or five books on the topic. The idea is simple. The brain can heal itself if you teach it how, if you teach it new neural pathways that allow your brain to interpret your body signals as benign and not catastrophic. Then you can also find new types of body training programs that are designed to heal, such as somatic movement, which is what I practice. Pilates and yoga fit in there too. You do have to think about what it is that you can change, pray for the courage, and look for the insight that would allow you to identify the one thing that is bothering you supremely, and maybe ask, research, and examine what you can do about it. Recovering from anything is not a passive process. Whether it's pain or having to live with an addict, seek knowledge before just laying back and saying to yourself, well, there's nothing I can do about that. I just have to accept it and turn it over to God. Well, maybe you can do something about it. Resistance to what is causes pain, to be sure. You cannot do much about father time or gravity or the fact that you're black or white. That said, accepting the unacceptable is another matter. There are certain things that at the very least you can speak up about. You may have to leave it there, but at least you've voiced your feelings. And education is our greatest ally in discerning the difference between what we can change and what we cannot. You may not be able to sober up your husband, but you can find help in detaching from the horror of it at an Al-Anon meeting. You may not be able to stop obsessing about your fiancé's infidelities, but you can join CODA, C-O-D-A, for codependence, people who are only okay if the other per person is behaving the way they should behave, and that is the way we want them to be and to behave. You may not be able to stop your son from coming home stoned at 3 a.m., but you can lock him out of the house and let him taste the consequences for a change. Do you accept his behavior or not? Is that an example of the courage to change versus acceptance? You can buy into the idea that you're a loser because of what your parents told you, or you can overcome the self-defeat by seeking the right counselor and working on some affirmations. CODA, Codependence Anonymous, which I attended for a while, has a great approach to affirmations and support for low self-esteem by having you believe that you're a precious human being no matter what your parents told you. So what we learn from this brief review of what the Serenity Prayer could hold for you is as follows. One, Yes, there are things you absolutely must accept, such as the fact that there's no hope of a better past, what happened, happened. Two, or the fact that you have no real idea of what the future holds. You can plan for the future, but you do not have to live there, for it can be a fearful place. And it won't be anything like you imagine it to be. Three, one should make a conscious effort to strive for the insight that helps you understand what you can do something about. Much of that is in the attitude you take about caring for yourself. And number four, if you happen to recite the prayer for yourself in times of stress or trouble, remember it is your higher power that will help you gain wisdom and insight. But you have to do your part.
Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.